Hello, everybody. Oh, my word. Has it been long enough? <laughs> Neckbeards of the world unite. Oh, my God, guys. It has been far too long since we've done one of these one-on-one -on -one streams. I'm so excited to be here. We've got Chris Reynolds in the chat. Uh, this guy's still making content. This guy finally comes out of retirement, and, and I'm already getting criticized. This is beautiful. <laughs> Wait on the state of the beard before I react properly. Uh, the beard is, is in shambles. It's a, it's in a COVID state, but it's here. Meg Jones, yes. Unexpected Friday night antics. Uh, thank you guys all for being here. Of course, I am your neighborhood friendly libertarian, Jason Lyon. I've got the new setup, got everything going in a different direction, uh, in a different feel at least. Um, so I'm excited to to be here with you all. Uh, tonight talk a little bit about what's been going on of course i was on the show what was that last last tuesday um to talk about the state of the union if you were uh taught to talk about the election nights and they're talking with matt wright and um i think the biggest takeaway that we can have from that is that me and matt wright are not prophets by any means i mean we both called uh for a president trump victory and that clearly isn't uh the way it's looking right now so so we'll get into that a little bit uh tonight and uh get into the specifics of what's going on there um and I, I also want to talk about the ways that I'm I'm going to be morphing this a little bit and changing, uh, changing the way that we're uh, we're going to be handling the Mister America, the Bearded Truth show. Because um, normally it's just it's kind of the same way as Muddy Waters Media, um, in in general, where we we focus in a lot on the current events and we we make it entertaining. We give you guys good insights. We give you uh, good takeaways. Um, and of course, we we love all the the commentary and the feedback from you all. Um, but I also want to kind of bring this into timelessness um, and talk about some of the principles and try to find a big current event topic and make that just nothing but uh, a timeless event there to where we can take these away. We can take those lessons and bring it to others and, and have these good, uh, important discussions to help bring the torch of liberty to our everyday um, conversations and of course brighten their futures um, Mac Jones thought I was Spike I'm nowhere near as beautiful um, as as intelligent or as capable of a Spike but uh, I'm sorry for letting you down so bad so early in the stream <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for at least being here uh, it is great it's great to be back on here. I know I, I dusted off the microphone, uh, got everything lined up, wrote my show notes and everything else. And I was, I was giddy. I was, I had butterflies and I haven't had this in so long. And so I, I was incredibly excited for tonight. I hope that you guys coming in here, if you guys, if this is the first time uh, seeing me, uh, welcome. My name once again is Jason Lyon and, uh, I'm, I'm excited, uh, your neighborhood friendly libertarian i'm here to help bring around the philosophy uh bring about libertarianism to our everyday life uh, because it is the best way to live not only is it the best way for us to be able to figure out what is the best uh in our social lives but of course it is the best way for the markets to thrive and and for our for bringing us our goodness um so i want to give a big shout out to to matt and spike for giving me a platform to speak of course down there on the bottom right of your screen uh is the muddy water 
Bruce logo. Uh, thank you to them for, for having us on or having me on to be able to reach out to you guys through Facebook, through Twitch, through face, uh, through YouTube, through Periscope, through Twitter, uh, through float, of course. Uh, and of course, if you're not catching this live with the stream, but being able to catch us on every one of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, so, so glad that, um, uh, so glad that you guys are, are tuning in, whether it's live or, or after the fact. Uh, feel free. If you guys are, are tuning in after the fact, feel free to still come in, find the videos, uh, drop a comment. Let me know your feedback. Let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, if you're live, of course, I'm going to be reading these as we go along. And if you're on the audio only, if you watch it on the video streaming, uh, platforms, you will be able to see the commentary from everyone across the way. Uh, good evening, Patricia. Uh, um, and, and so this way you're going to be able to interact as, as one whole community, as we work together to break down the barriers, to, to provide ourselves with a brighter future, not just for ourselves, but for our future generations. Um, so, so glad to be here. So excited to be getting back into the swing of things. Uh, you on Stitcher? I believe we are on Stitcher. Um, don't fact check me though. <laughs> first night back and i'm already getting fact checked i believe we, that we are um but nonetheless so i want to dive into this um if we don't have any quick questions coming up um but if this is um i want to dive into kind of the election topic because it is something that everybody is so concerned about and i don't think that me and matt really covered it well enough that this is going to be something this is going to this had the opportunity of of being a a a long battle and it's showing that that's the way it's going to be going um some court cases are already being uh being fought uh some interesting perspectives being given there um but nonetheless so per associated press right now biden has won the presidency at 290 electoral votes so we'll see in december when the electoral votes actually are being casted uh if if there's enough faithless electors or, or how this is going to play out but of course there's still 16 electoral votes that are leaning towards biden this is uh in georgia and trump right now for undecided states is winning in north carolina it looks like he's going to pull away with that so 290 for for joe biden right now and 232 what's interesting about this is that if joe biden does win uh win georgia and it does look like he he's going to um he will have the 306 threshold vote he will have 306 electoral votes and that was the exact number in which president trump won by um back in 2016 so this is an entire flip now if we listen to a lot of the ways that the republicans spoke about this election uh after the 2016 election they they said that he won in a giant landslide like this was a massive win 306 was a huge 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 number um but Really, when we put it into perspective of the other 58 uh, uh, presidential races, he was 12th from from being the smallest margin. So it was a really small one. So this isn't a massive win by any way. This is actually is getting this is showing that we are becoming more and more divided. There's no real clear answer between the two parties. And I think that that logically thinking or logically speaking looking at this from a 30,000 foot view um there really isn't much of a difference and and to steal from spike as i'm wearing his you are the power bracelet um to steal from spike and his intellectual property the republicrats don't have a difference they are the two different wings of the same bird they are they're having such a narrow conversation 
that this Overton window that we have as a society is so small, it's so shrunken down that um that when they have these 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 they try to make these divisions, these these conversations so divided that it's really small uh in, in actuality, but they, they're so visceral with their hatred amongst themselves that they're able to really divide the people within that small narrow um gap. Um but from the 30,000 foot view, I mean, it's just the same thing either way. And we see this so well. We see this so well between Joe Biden and Donald Trump and the ways that, in the so many different ways in which their campaign promises during the 2020 election series um, are so eerily similar. I mean, they both were the law and order um presidential candidates they both are huge advocates for civil asset forfeiture they both are huge advocates for uh having an immigration system that is robust and that is is there um the the differences are are small i mean biden wants to increase some of the refugees uh numbers there he wants to allow for for a little bit of differences there they both believe in a centralized plan for healthcare. i mean originally when trump ran in 2016 it was repeal and replace or it was just repeal it was repeal affordable care act he comes into office and then it was repeal and replace like as if the republican party was going to be able to do what the democratic party was starting to do with the affordable care act which started from a republican um and be able to to do it better than them and 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 so we're missing this whole philosophy where they just they are effectively um to steal from Michael Malice because I'm I'm just clearly a thief tonight. Uh, Republicans are nothing but Democrats driving at the speed limit. I mean the the changes are coming. They are there. Um <clears throat> And Desiree's nails it. Um, Desiree in the comment section says, yeah, they don't realize Biden is a right wing Democrat. He is a he is a moderate Democrat by every standard. And that does mean that you're more of a right wing. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, if you look out and you if you know um, Bernie supporters, if you know, people on the left, I mean, people that are actually on the left, they had to plug their noses close their eyes and just hope that they actually hit the Biden button. I mean, they were not in favor of voting for this guy in any appreciable way. Um, and, and I think that that's right because there was not much of a difference between those two. I think that what we saw here with this election was, was more of a vote against rather than a vote for um, people were voting against Joe Biden. And I think that there's, there's a litany of great reasons why we don't want Joe Biden in office. And there are so many people that voted for against Trump. And certainly there's so many different reasons that it's good to not have Trump in office. Um, they were right on, on their stance. They were wrong on the way that they voted, of course. But, but I think that that's really what was the big driving force. Um, because if we look at the elections and this is something that if you have Republican friends on your Facebook feed or whatever social media platform you're using, you're seeing a lot of people concerned with how many votes that Joe Biden got. And I think that that really is a concern. I mean, he got a, a an abundance of votes and so did Trump. I mean, Trump gained a, a 10 million votes between 2016 and 2020. I don't think he did a great enough job. I mean, I, if I can, if I can be honest with you guys, if I can, if I can beg for your forgiveness, if I can, you know, just be on my hands and knees and, and just, just hope that you guys will just, just ignore this part of my life. I voted for the man in 2016. And, and from that, um, I, I had to pull away, right? Because I voted for him because there was, I had some issues with Gary Johnson. I was still young in my libertarian roots. So I'm, I'm still learning. I was still growing there. Um, 
But, you know, he had a Trump had a stance that he was going to be strong on the Second Amendment. He failed on that. He had a a promise that he was going to pull us out of a lot of these wars. I mean, we still are in the same numbers in Afghanistan than before. We're at higher numbers in in Afghanistan than what we were when he got inaugurated. Uh, So that's clearly not it. He vetoed out of of Yemen. So, I mean, he's, he's there in the Middle East. He's there in all these other nations. And he continues... Sure, he didn't start any new wars, but he is there and continuing to bombard people with drone strikes. I mean, the the man has broken all of the records that Obama had uh, on on bombing people. So there was just disgusting things on his foreign policy. There was disgusting things on his Second Amendment. I mean, he enacted more gun control than Obama did, and he did it single-handedly without congressional approval, without congressional support. I mean, sure, Congress supported him on that. Um, but there was a lot of things wrong with Donald Trump. And so seeing that he gained 10 million voters from 2016 to 2020, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, and seeing Joe Biden gain so many more voters than what Obama had or what Hillary Clinton had in 2016, I don't know that I agree with that. But I think that the theory that works here, I think that the, the theory that really does work here is that if you look at the situation in 2016, 2012, and 20, uh, 2008, 2004, and all these other previous years, those were normal years where people were busy living their own lives. But in 2020, of course, we've had COVID. COVID was a, a catastrophic change for so many different people out there. It was such a catastrophic change for so many um, people with the ways that they were dealing with their own family members, with their income, with their with the economy, with how they were just living their day-to-day lives. And so that drove people to make a difference, right? People in blue states, right, who are upset at their governors, they may be, you know, more encouraged to go out and vote for Trump, who was like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to do a mandate, um, you know, or people in, in red states, you know, they may have been more encouraged to, to go out and vote for Biden because, you know, I we want a mandate. I know here in South Carolina. Uh, I see, I see my Democratic friends. They are, they're demanding, they're begging for a man, a mask mandate. If they can't get it through the governorship, why not go through the president? So there's, there's encouragement there that people are going to vote, of course, for their own side, uh, for people to vote against the other side. I don't think that because of the way life has stagnated. Totally missed your passion. Good. Uh, because of the way that life has stagnated for a lot of people, that, that people are more capable. Of course, when you mail ballots to everybody or petitions for them to be able to receive their mail-in ballots, more people are going to vote. So I think that there's a lot of different nuance there that, that comes in that allows for more people to vote. And I think that that really is the answer. So I don't think that necessarily that more people are passionate for Trump or more people are passionate for Biden. I just think that the opportunity was a little bit easier for them to hit it. And of course, course when you when you grease the wheels the wheels move a little bit smoother more people are going to get on that ride and they're going to they're, they're either going to get on the trump train or the biden train and either way they're they're pushing us more to our destruction so so we had more votes people are outraged of course people are upset people are trying to find out why it is that the other side got more votes while ignoring their own side getting more uh and and uh, I think at the end of the day, what we're going to see is there's not enough there. There's not enough evidence there to overturn uh, really any state, let alone enough states in order for Trump to pull out this victory. I think that President uh, Biden will be the next one. Um, I'm preemptively calling him President Biden, of course. I'm not happy with this. I, I Do I think that he's going to make it the full four years? I 
we'll have to wait and see it's it's questionable at best right um we've seen the 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 cognitive uh decline of him over the years sure he's always had like a little bit of a struggle there he's always been somebody who's been a little bit senile i mean i think it just comes with the territory of being a an advocate of the government um but he's had that decline coming in i think that this is an opportunity for kamala harris maybe to to have a little more a little more clout with her being one of the most, if not the most liberal senator there. Uh, this is going to be something that is going to be interesting in the way that it plays for the House and for the Senate. Uh, just speaking of those two, the between the House and the Senate, there really wasn't much of a change, if anything at all. In the Senate, we're looking to see if Republicans are going to maintain that control there. Uh, Georgia is going to come down. David Perdue was winning. Um, when they went into the runoff election, we'll see if he may, maintains that over John Ossoff. Um, of course, big props to Sean, Shane Hazel, fantastic candidate, didn't get uh, enough visibility. Of course, he didn't spend him really uh, any money from my understanding, um, but was a, a principled voice of liberty, of reason, of logic, of constitution of every bit of small government that that republicans claim to be about um but in the end uh didn't didn't pull out the win clearly so we'll see david purdue if he wins that down there then uh they'll have the 51 uh majority there for the republicans the house is being maintained there was a five seat swing towards the republicans or sorry a six seat swing uh justin amash is no longer representative so libertarian party who had one representative as he changed after he was elected uh is now back down to zero again so congress is back to normal if you will and um so but with this, right, with Kamala Harris, with that opportunity of her coming in to, to, to being potentially the president of the United States one day during this, this first term of, of, of Biden, um, that will potentially ruin a lot of people within the Democratic Party. We're already seeing a lot of the fracturing with a lot of the division. Um, it wasn't, but maybe two days after the election, I mean, people were still scrambling, trying to figure out how the votes are going to unfold. And uh, you had um, uh, Rashida Tlaib coming out there and blasting some of the moderate Democrats and just going after them. The, there is a clear divide between those two factions within the Democratic Party. And, um, it's it's not boding well for the Democratic voters. I mean, people are just undecided on which way they want to go with this. And having Biden in office is, of course, upsetting the left. And, and having Kamala in there is going to upset the, the moderates. How they're, how they're going to play this out is going to be interesting. Of course, I don't think that America as a whole is going to be better off, with, regardless of which way we're going to go with that. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about what's going to happen with uh, Joe Biden being in office. And if we had the actual Constitution being adhered to, if we actually had some principles of a limited federal government in accordance with the compact, um, what we would see is a lot of court battles based off of what he has campaigned on, what he has promised and and um, everything else. Likely, we won't see this. Um, and this, I'm, I'm going to justify this off of recently, right? We've had the Supreme Court um, started listening in on the Affordable Care Act that, that stemmed from the Texas judge or Texas circuit. 
um, in which we are looking at the severability of Affordable Care Act of the individual mandate. So when they got rid of that through the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, they got rid of the individual mandates where now when you file your taxes, you don't have to say if you didn't have insurance over over the year because you now don't have to pay that taxes, Judge Justice Roberts calls it, as Justice Kavanaugh calls it from the from his circuit opinion. It's a fee. Um, what came of that and what Roberts was quoted as saying was that it's not SCOTUS's role to determine if there is constitutionality, if there's actually, if something falls within the scope of constitutionality. Um, and so that really does bring about a huge concern for me. Because what we have now is we have an unfettered uh, constitution or uh, Congress. What we have is an unfettered um, executive branch. If no one is there to actually limit the other branches, we the the whole checks and balances of the system, which is what we've all learned when we first learned about civics, when we all learned about our government was we learned that there was this thing called checks and balances where every branch was equal. They were co-equal. It's where they could check and they can stop and they can slow and they can make sure that everyone is is falling within step of where they're supposed to be and that they're not getting too big. And so now we have a justice. We have a Supreme Court justice saying, eh, well, the chief justice nonetheless, saying, well, it's not really our role to make sure that everyone else is falling in line. If the executive branch is not going to do that and they're going to continue to grow to where they're going to be, they've created a precedent recently that they can ban your uh, Second Amendment accessories, right? Firearm accessories. They can ban those outright, turns you into 10-year felons. And Congress doesn't challenge that and, and the Supreme Court doesn't challenge that. Then there's no controls over what the executive branch actually can do. Sure, they can get impeached by the House. And that's the only limitation that's there. If Congress is enacting unconstitutional laws such as the Affordable Care Act in its principle, in its ideal, uh, or in its uh, in its identity, um, and no one is there to actually challenge that, then Congress doesn't actually need to adhere to the Constitution. There's no really anything there at all that is actually going to limit one of these branches. And so what Justice Kavanaugh is saying there, what he is saying is that Congress... The executive branch, the president of the United States, and the Supreme Court are all just limitless in what they can do. This should fear every single person out there. And sadly, what it does, what it did was the Democrats felt emboldened because now they're like, oh, well, you know, Supreme Court's not going to stop us. So now they've got they know the playbook. They know what they have to do. Whatever they want. Republicans go, well, we're upset that we have Affordable Care Act and but we can do it ourselves. We can do this when we come into power again. And and mark my words, they will. Of course they will. They will eventually have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. They'll fearmonger you and say, oh, they're never going to have it again. It's going to be communism here. It's going to be socialism here. We're never going to have power again. And it's all lies. It's all it's all just lies and fearmongering. They're going to have power again, and they're going to try to do what the Democrats have been doing. They're going to try to do it, and they're going to do it better because they're the Republicans. So what we have is an unfettered government, federal government, state government, everything. No one is checking each other. They're just literally allowing themselves to grow. So this is what we have. 2020, we finally have the honest answer of what our government is and is unlimited in its authority and what it can do.
Sorry guys, we don't check on each other. Yeah. So what should we expect? What should we expect? I know a lot of us are 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 intellectual big brain big brainers. We like to go find out what the campaigns are are promising to the people and like actually figuring out what they're planning to do when they come in. And some of us are like, "You're so boring. You're so disgusting. You're you're absolutely repugnant." Uh, I'm not going to waste my time looking at how terrible of a person you are, let alone your views. So let's get into Biden's promises. Promises to enact more gun control. He will do this both through con- Congress as well as through executive authority, um, because now he has that precedent that we discussed earlier. Will this be enough in order to have Republicans opposing gun control? Of course it will. If you mention guns, they'll be opposed to it now. Thanks for coming back to your roots. National mask mandate. We're going to see this. We're going to see him attempt this, and nobody's going to be able to stop him. He'll write the mandate. It'll go to courts. It'll go up to the Supreme Court and Justice Roberts says, well, you can do what you want to do. The expansion of the Affordable Care Act, I think we discussed this a little bit earlier, but he, no, we didn't, but he actually just wants to expand it. He, uh, We saw this through some states. Some states actually took on the money. They expanded uh, Medicaid and Medicare, um, and, and so we'll see the expansion of the Affordable Care Act. He's not looking to do the universal health care yet. Um, he's looking just to expand out that. Um It'll be interesting to see how um, how he structures the payment, whether he just puts it on our our on our uh, twenty eight trillion dollars that we'll be in debt next month, or how he how he wants to pay for that. Uh, he wants to repeal the Hyde Amendment, which blocks federal funding uh, to abortions, except in cases of rape or incest. This has been a big, uh, this has been a big flip for him. Actually. Uh, he used to be in favor of the Hyde amendment. So recently, I think it was within the last six years or so, he actually flipped his stance on this. So now he's actually in favor of federal funding going to towards abortion. So we have this big difference there, if you will. Um, he also wants to raise your corporate taxes, raising the corporate taxes. Of course, it means that you, the consumer are going to pay more fantastic, always excited to pay more. Thank you, Joe Biden. Um, while he also thinks that he will be able to take money from elsewhere, probably from that raising of corporate taxes, give it back to, to businesses, i.e. big businesses so that he can help create 5 million more jobs is what he, he claims will do. So this is, <laughs> This is this is the beautifulness of Joe Biden, right? Uh, he's going to tax more. He's going to take more from the corporate businesses. He's going to say, "All right, now that we've got all this extra revenue, what are we going to do with it?" Well, we're gonna we're gonna give it back to the businesses. We're gonna give it back to some of these businesses. This is that. Um, um, why am I blanking on the term? This is that regulatory capture, if you will, right? So everybody gets hurt equally. Some businesses, of course, like what we'll see with Amazon, with some of these big, massive businesses, they're going to find ways of getting out of paying some of these taxes. Um, but then, you know, if, if you meet these certain criteria, if you meet these certain um, these these desires of ours, we'll go ahead and give you a bunch of money. And so these big businesses who are already thriving and surviving and are getting exempted from so many of these taxes because they can afford to pay for their accountants to get them away from it, uh, they're going to get more money. And then they're going to pay that to these lower employees. We won't see it. Um, And exactly right, Derek. They're going to give it back to the businesses that supported their campaigns. So we're going to be um, we're going to be seeing just a a lot of more of this cronyism. Sounds a lot like 
republicanism i mean they this is this is us talking about how like narrow of a difference but how much it is exactly the same i mean we see this same play over and over and over again whether it's a republican or a democrat this is the same thing that happens over and over and over again those blowbacks they go back to the big businesses they screw over the small businesses and just every once in a while the the they come out and they say well i'm for the small businesses i'm just in favor of like making this more difficult for for them to survive Good. You're totally here for middle America. You're totally here for the people on lower wages, right? You're not here to break down those barriers that are in the way of everything. Uh, Desiree makes another good point. He's also just recently quoted. Uh, he's going to finish what he started over in the Middle East, right? With what Obama had started, what George W. had started, and and all these other conflicts that have been going on for for years and decades. Uh, he's going to go finish them because now Joe Biden is going to go into Iraq and be like. We're going to figure out how to finish this. We're not. We're really not. We're going to fin- figure out how to finish finish in Afghanistan. We're not. We've, we've known. We've known that they have no idea what they're doing. We know that they have no idea, right? The Afghanistan papers came out, and that I mean, you had countless generals just going, we legitimately were, like, fudging some numbers to make it look like we were doing better than what we were to give, like, good reports back to the U.S., but we don't really like have an objective we don't have like clear goals we don't know what we're doing and we've kind of been wasting money and we've been killing our own people and we've been killing their people but like we don't know really what we're doing over there and so joe biden's gonna come in and and if he even knows where he is when he goes over there i mean he's might think he's in arizona who knows but he's gonna be like all right we're done here and and that would be best case scenario, right? We're done here. Pull us out. Not likely. We're going to see some more warheads on foreheads, and we're going to see some more excitement, if you will. And um, it, it's just not going to be to the benefit of, of the people. I mean, I wear an American flag, like, pretty typically, right? My... My name here is Mr. America. Um, I support our troops. I support our troops by wanting to bring them home. Let's let's end the war on PTSD. Let's end the war on mental health. Let's end the war that we are creating just to help out the big lobbyists, to help out the big uh, arms dealers, to to help you know to keep selling weapons of of war to uh, Saudi Arabia just so that Saudi Arabia can can. Uh, continue attempting a genocide which was vetoed by trump like let's actually get out of a lot of these conflicts that we have no real value in that we have no goals in, that we have no nothing to gain by being involved with them let's do that so we're going to see a lot of things from the, the the biden campaign that um are egregious reprehensible and and just downright disgusting um and we've discussed some of the similarities between him and Trump. And so it's for me, like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when we look at the war on drugs, when we look at civil asset forfeiture, when we look at the foreign policy, when we look at the immigration, when we look at the the economic reforms, when we look at the healthcare reforms, when we look at all these things, we don't see a clear difference between the two of them. And and so I think that what we what we have for a large part of the voting base the voting populace is that they they know that they want change but they are not informed enough not 
inclined enough, not thirsty enough to find new information, not hungry enough to to really dig into their roots of the American dream of of like freedom of small government to see that there is a better option out there that we can actually have um have substantial change that would be better for for you, for I, for everybody here, for people around the world. Um they want change, but they think voting for the other party is the way to get that change. And I hope that I've laid the case out for you well enough that voting for the other party, voting for the other Republicrat means that you're just voting for the other Republicrat. You're voting for the same lobbyists to be in power. You're voting for the same bureaucrats to be in power. You're voting for the same controls that have been used on you time and time again, that have been used against your parents, against your grandparents, that will be used against your children, against your grandchildren, and that will only be expanded because there is no control. There is no limitation. There is no there is no governance over the government. We aren't going to see a difference. And we just saw, we just had an election. We just had an election and we saw 1.7 million people voted for, for an actual smaller government and that voted against the ideas that, uh, that all these wars are, are going to make us better. That voted against the idea that, you know, more centralized planning here in America is going to make our, make us more free. That is going to make us more prosperous. That's going to, you know, we had only 1.7 million voters. So I hope that the LP, I hope that the Libertarian Party, national and at the state levels, are able to actually get together and actually figure out a cohesive plan to drive a a positive change, to to make a difference for the future of America and, by, and actually make it a message that can be sold. And I know that Spike Cohen, I, I'm not saying this because he's a great friend of mine. I'm not saying this because I absolutely love the man. I'm not saying this because he's, he's co-owner of, of Muddy Waters Media. I'm not saying this because I, I took him as a plus one to a wedding, although it was only, um, I don't have it here in handy. I wish I did. Um I, I took him as a plus one to a wedding, but it was just a picture that I went and printed out at, at, at Staples. That's for you, Shane. Um, I, I'm, but Spike Cohen has the ability to sell this message to anyone by using empathy, by actually meeting people where they are and having these conversations and understanding what they're going through, understanding what it is that the root problem of what they're facing um, and being able to go through that to, to make a difference. That is what is going to make a difference in the individual's lives. And once we can impact a couple individuals and those individuals are empowered enough to impact a couple more individuals, um, we are able to make a movement and make a difference. And I hope that the LP is able to do that in the upcoming years. I hope that you as an individual are able to do that within your friends and your families, whether you're doing outreach outside of them, to strangers or you're just doing it within the circles of influence that you already have i hope that you're able to do this because i i hope that i've laid out the case to you well enough that we need to have a difference we need to have a change because the answers that we're given right now are not making our lives any better and so I want to I want to get into this timeless discussion. I want to get into the timelessness that I promised you guys in the beginning, um, because this because I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But when it comes to economics, 
uh, it's something that we should all understand. We should all like take a little bit of time and understand and read into it, understand how a market works, understands how the cause and the effect and everything else. And we can see that something as important as our healthcare market has been centrally planned and only to our detriment. Um, but I want to, I want to talk about what it is that would make a healthy economy. What, what would make a healthy, uh, market? Um, because what we want is the best for the consumers, right? You and I, we want the best for ourselves. We want the best for our friends. We want the best for our families. We want the best for everyone around us because when they get the best, then they're able to, to provide better. And of, of course, you have this, this avalanche effect where one person doing better or a snowball effect, one person's doing better and they produce better. And then by their production of better, you know, you have more and more people and eventually it does become that, that avalanche, if you will. Um, if you want the best for the consumers, that means you got to have the best markets. But what does the best market look like? It's one that has actual competition within it. It's one that has indicators. And what an indicator is, is that, hey, look, you know, somebody is doing great, right? When LASIK eye surgery first started off, when LASIK eye surgery first started off, it was a great way. It was a revolutionary way. It was such an innovation to be able to actually have a surgery to fix somebody's eyesight, to make it to where they didn't need glasses. They didn't need corrective lenses any longer. It was amazing. And once it was proven to work, once it was proven to have a lasting effect on it was, it was getting uh, positive reviews. People were recovering from this. People were getting what, what the desired effect from it was more and more people demanded this more and more people demanded LASIK eye surgery. And now there's RPK and there's a couple other different variants of this, but it's all basically the same thing of like working within the lens of the eye and, and correcting it, correcting the, the root of the problem there. And, and so there was an indicator there that we needed suppliers. We needed producers of these surgeries to help alleviate this issue that the consumers had, that consumers were willing to spend money. And it started off, let's not, let's not like, you know, let's, let's be realistic with this. It started off incredibly expensive, like $10,000 an eye, I believe it was. It was, it was insane. Insurance companies didn't want to cover it because they were like, ah, it's, it's not a trusted market. And what came of that was that people saw, I can get into that business. I, there's an indicator there within the economy that I can get into this business. I can make a butt ton of money and I can do it better than anyone else. And so they got into the market. And so as you had more people getting into the market, then you had a higher supply. And of course the supply as supply goes up, right? People are going to go, all right, well, what's the difference between you and you? Well, the only difference is that he's like 50 bucks more. So I'm going to go with you. So then the guy that was charging 50 bucks more drops his price. So you have these people trying to suppress their wages, not their wages, their, their prices. So the consumers were now winning. So they're getting a great product, right? They're getting these, these LASIK eye surgeries. They're getting a great product and prices are dropping over time. As more and more producers come in, there's a little bit less and less of a, of a profit margin there. But then you started having more and more innovations. People were having quicker recovery times. People were getting the surgeries done in a quicker time. People were having less wait times. And so people were willing to pay more and more for that. So you had all these different factors coming in competing against it to where people were getting better and better quality of care. They were made and over time have been paying less and less and less. This is true for plastic surgery as well. 
So we've seen how this actually works when you allow for a competition, when you allow for people to come in and to provide based on the indicators, when you allow for the market to actually respond to itself. What you have is you have a drive up in quality, you have a drive down in the cost, and you have a happier consumer base, and you also have happier producers. We need to see these barriers be broken down for all of our markets, whether that is something as important as healthcare, which we'll talk much more in depth at, or whether that's on, on automotive, whether that's on, on energy production, right? We can look at nuclear and how great nuclear power is, the, the power density, how much the power output is, um, the the carbon neutral and everything else that it and that it is, um, the 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 non-effect it has on on the environment around it. These are all things that we need to break down those barriers and allow for more more providers rather than what we have now where only those who are politically connected or those who are able to hop over these massive barriers um, are able to get in. So we we understand the basic principles of what it is that this this economy is so important in or what it is, these, these principles of how a good economy is. And so I want to talk to you guys about something that, um, has been near and dear to me. Um, because if you guys, if you guys have been following me for a while in 2019 in October, sorry, in September of 2019, uh, my wife had heart surgery. She had a heart surgery to, um, to fill a hole that's in, that was in her heart. It's called a, a, an ASD. I, I apologize. I don't remember the, uh, the 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 medical term, but she had an ASD, and so she went. We went down the road because this was where our healthcare was accessible and affordable. Quality wasn't great. Um, she nearly died on the table because the plug that they were attempting to put in her heart fell out of the grip of of the doctor um, and. Um, was not actually attached to the heart in the way that they wanted it to be. There wasn't enough tissue there. Um, and so it actually fell into her heart and clogged up one of her arteries. So they had to, to, to quickly go in fish it out. Um, and, and so we had that, we had this situation and the doctor comes out and, and his words were the surgery was unsuccessful. That was his first words. Uh, I didn't know if I had a wife, right? Um, so they, understanding like how difficult it is, right? You need to have a little bit of quality. You need to have competition. Um, we thankfully left the area. We went to some place that was not affordable on our own. We, we leaned on a lot of those others within our communities, um, to be able to help get the affordability through. And I was very grateful for, for literally hundreds of people who helped us through a GoFundMe. Um, so that we went up to uh mass general hospital and Boston, Massachusetts. If you guys have ever had the necessity of going there, I apologize. I'm sorry that you guys had to, but I, I think that you guys can all just explain to others how amazing, absolutely amazing of care that that Mass General gives to each and every one of their patients. Um, it was truly amazing. So she went up there. We had open heart surgery. They took care of us. Um, and they're still like, we still call them and, and they're able to take care of us any time that we need it for any of our heart issues. Um, and that's just kind of, that's just kind of what, what, what we're facing right now. And, and so the question is, is what was standing in the way of this? What was actually stopping this? Thank you so much, Meg. Absolutely. Uh, arterial septal defect surgery. Yes. Um, 
What was standing in the way of this here in South Carolina? What was stopping this? It was the certificate of need laws. Um, if you guys have never heard of these, I know Spike Cohen spoke about this a little bit on the campaign trail. Um, but these are important because it's in 35 states and D.C. Um, and what these are is these are laws that were enacted back in the 60s, uh, a national mandate in the 70s, and and still, of course, as I said, uh, enacted in 35 states and D.C. And what this is is basically a barrier for people to provide healthcare services or to expand healthcare services in, in the ways that the market needs, right? Those indicators I was talking about. Um, so basically the basic premise is, um, if you wanted to, let's say you woke up tomorrow, you had a couple million dollars sitting in your, that just fell through a window and it said, start up a healthcare provider. And you live in one of these 35 States. So what you would have to do in order to become a healthcare provider. So let's say you wanted to make an emergency room. You wanted to provide emergency healthcare to the people in your county. You would have to then go to the government. You'd go to your state government and you would say, usually there's like a certificate of need board, um, which is usually manned by people high up in, in the um, healthcare providers in the regions that they govern over. Uh, don't worry, there's no cronyism there. But you go to these boards and you say, I would like to provide emergency healthcare services, right? There's a need for this. The people here, right? These are the wait times. These are the costs. These are, you know, the yada, yada, yada. I can provide the service and they, the people need this. The board then decides on if they're going to a pass you or B decline you. They also, during this process have to figure out if somebody else has that certificate of need in that area. Well, sorry. Uh, this organization or this entity has it. And so they give it to them. Hey, do you want to have competition? What do you think the answer is? Of course, the answer is no. Now you have to go through a legal battle just to be, to be provided the authorization to erect a healthcare provider for emergency services, which the people need, right? There's an indicator there in the market, which is why you would do this. Um, so you have to fight through this. And, and so here in South Carolina, in, there was a, there's an area, Fort Mills, that it actually was, I believe, 16 years, 16 years that an organization was trying to erect a new hospital. It was actually was being challenged by somebody outside the state in North Carolina, in Charlotte, North Carolina area. Uh, they were challenging them and saying, no, 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 we have the certificate of need. You can't have this. It took them 16 years to get the authorization, millions of dollars in legal fees to be provided the authorization to erect a healthcare provider. Now, as I said, this is not just to erect a healthcare service provider, right? This isn't just to make the building. This is also to expand. This is, hey, you want to have more beds, you want to have more rooms, you want to have more ventilators, you want to have more MRI machines, you want to have more CT scans, you want to have whatever it is that you want to have more of, you're going to have to go through this process once again. And that includes going through your competitors. That's including all this other stuff. So you have to get all these permissions just to erect new ones or to expand existing healthcare provider or services. If you want to provide a new service, you have to do the same thing. So I do in our example is just the emergency healthcare. If you then want to go into general practice, you have to go through the same process again. This is this is that barrier that we were talking about that stands in the way of, of quality healthcare, of affordable healthcare and everything else. Um we need to see the laws like this change. Instead, what we're having from the Republicrats 
is a conversation of how how you can change up people being funded for this. How to fund all of these things as these cronyists, as these lobbyists, as these bureaucrats, as as these certificate and need boards continue to thrive off of the ways that they're being funded through everything else. We are not seeing people, we're not seeing Congress, we're not seeing our governments actually address the issues that are in front of us. We're seeing them address the symptoms. Things need to change. We have to see this change. Um, and, and, and if you want to know like what is truly, truly uh, upsetting about this entire situation was certificate need laws were implemented on the idea that they were going to drive up quality, that they were going to drive up the affordability, that they were actually going to um, ensure that competitors were going to be able to to compete against one another, right? Exact opposite of what it was. This is how incredibly stupid Congress has been because they keep these laws on the books, but also how spineless they are as they're incapable of standing for good principles and good values of getting this out. Um, this is a timeless conversation because I'm sure that the day that um, America falls and, and historically speaking, every nation will, every nation has, um, for the most part, 99% of civilizations have fallen as, as a government, um, that when America falls, we will still have certificate need laws on the books. And, and anytime that these are enacted, it's, it's, it's controlling, it's price controls in, in a different capacity. And, and so we know that we are not as a society going to see better healthcare as a result of this. So, um, it's 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 a bore and it's disgusting. So I want you guys to look into your own certificate of need law. See if your state has recently, because of COVID, my state has temporarily suspended uh, certificate of need laws. See if you have those in your states. If you have them, find a coalition, find a group, find an entity that is already working to change that to end certificate of need laws in your state. Let's see that to be changed. Let's see an ending to that. Um, I'm working here in South Carolina to end it. Um, if you need more information, if you want more information, I would love to work with you guys to get this done. I am, I'm, I'm not just this passionate on the microphone. I'm actually this passionate in life about seeing a better change, seeing a better tomorrow. And so I hope that you guys, um, that, that you guys see this, that you guys understand this and that you guys want to join in and make a difference because we need to see a difference. And, um, but with that, uh, it's, let me know how I can help you. Let's see a difference. Let's make a difference. And, and what can I do? How can I better your situation, better your stance, better your argument to make a difference in this? Let's, let's fix the healthcare. Healthcare is incredibly important. None of us are alive without healthcare. Um, so clearly we need that. We need an economy. We need, we need all these things. And so this is all things that, that are flawless in the way that they're spoken about, right? There are detriments. There are negatives that, you know, because you have a market that allows for indicators to, to, to be there, that you're going to have people that are going to get into the market and that are going to fail. The failures are not bad. I'm sorry to say that, but we need to have. The better, the better a society is means that you're going to have failures. We're going to have people that are going to fail. And those failures mean that society can help pick them up and help give them a new, new outlook, give them a new perspective and see a new change because maybe that's not the way that was, that clearly wasn't the way the market wanted it. And we can see, um, how they can either innovate within that market to make a, make a difference and, and to be successful or find another, another market in which they can be successful. We see this all the time within our personal lives of, of people changing careers, changing fields, changing jobs, changing roles. 
it's okay. It's completely okay. So we have these, these, this logic, we have this philosophy that works, that just is sound and is principled and understanding. It's just a matter of being able to sell it to others. And so this is what our calling is. This is what our calling is as libertarians, as, as people who have the answers and are just not being heard. We can find ways of, of making this impact. And so that's, that's my encouragement to you guys is let me know how I can help you the best. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm sitting in a chair. I've got back surgery coming up next week. I've got plenty of time on my hands. I would love to be able to help you guys out. This microphone, I I, I love being able to use it, um, but let it not be the only weapon I use. Um, but I, I want to. I'm 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 encouraged by the um, by the future of what we're going to be doing with the show with the the future of the Mr. America, the Bearded Truth show, in which we are talking about some of these issues. We'll talk about very specific topics such as certificate of need laws, break it down as to what they are, um, how they affect us, how they affect the market, um, and and talk about what an actual solution is, right? You don't need to when you remove cancer, you don't replace it with something else. That was something that people talked about Affordable Care Act. That is certificate of need laws. You don't need to have a barrier, another barrier in the way of of healthcare providers. We just need to have the ability for healthcare providers to provide for the consumers. Um, but I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm incredibly encouraged and excited about the future of what we're doing here of talking about these timeless issues and bringing about good change and, and having the conversations that are absolutely necessary. So whether you guys are catching this live, uh, thank you for being here or you're catching it, um, on the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and, and feel free to share this out with, with friends, with family, with others. Um, whether you want to snip it and, and share it in just little segments or you want to share the whole thing, um, feel free to leave a review, five-star review only, um, whatever kind of review. So if you want to give me like a one-star review on iTunes, make sure you guys are over there. Um, leave the review, add five to it, regardless of what it is. Um, when you download it on your favorite apps, make sure you guys are liking and subscribing all on all of our, all, all the platforms that we are on. And once again, that's on YouTube, on, on Periscope, on Facebook, on float. Uh, and of course you can go to muddywatersmedia.com at any time. And you can see the whole catalog of every show that we've ever done and that we will continue to do. You can always tune in there. Um, especially as these, as different social media platforms, uh, give and go. Um, I know that that Facebook for a lot of people is going away. And so they're moving over to parlor. They're moving over to me. Um, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for wanting to leave. I mean, there, there certainly is a, a market reason for somebody to want to leave. Um, so we will be moving around, but we will always have the muddywatersmedia.com or muddywatersoffreedom.com. Feel free to go over there. And once again, you can check out the whole catalog of every episode that we've ever had. Uh, and I'm incredibly encouraged by all of this, but with this, I hope you guys all enjoyed tonight. I'm excited to be back. I know I'm a little bit rusty. I, we'll get back into it. We'll, we'll have great content coming out in no time once again, but with that, I hope you guys enjoy your Friday night. I hope you guys, uh, don't drink a drive or ride with those who do your family and friends who care about you and love you deeply. And they want to see you coming back, uh, for next week, uh, to join us muddy waters as we continue to pump out more content um <clears throat> what if we collectively collectively opted to fund the construction of co-op owned hospitals 
Um, you'd still, depending on which area you're in, you'd still have a lot of different barriers that would be in the way, um, such as the certificate need laws in order to, to, to get those erected or to basically to, to get those to, to functioning, to work right. Um, but that would be, I would def, I'm, I'm always in favor of like crowdfunding, um, or collectively opted to fund, um, I'm, I'm, I'm entirely in favor of that. I'm a, I'm a voluntarist at heart, right? I believe that anything that should be done should only be done through voluntary means. And so if we collectively do stuff like that, I'm, I'm all in favor of, of chipping in, finding ways of raising money for that. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm down. Um, but with that guys, I hope you and gals, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and uh, look forward to to the future together with you as we continue to light up the torches of liberty across this nation and frankly across the world as we fight to make a positive impact everywhere that we go. And with that, I hope you all take care and I'll see you guys again here soon. I am Mr. Merker, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Take care. I'll see you guys again here soon.